0: This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. So excited to bring you an extra series. So for the next Four weeks, including this week, we are bringing on high school coaches, cross country and track coaches. We've done coaching series in the past with college and professional coaches, and I thought let's start with the high school coaches. So much development happens there, and that relationship is so important, as you may have heard Brian Rossetti, the founder of v. O2, talk about in last week's Tuesday episode, And today I'm excited to bring my friend, Chris Turner, on the show. I met Chris through the Donna Foundation. The Donna Foundation is an organization that helps people who are walking through a breast cancer diagnosis, both financially and through their care line. They're doing amazing work. And if you've heard me talk about the Donna Marathon Weekend, that all goes hand in hand with the Donna Foundation. So anyway, Chris is on the board of the Donna Foundation. He's also on the Girls on the Run board in Tallahassee and the Tallahassee Symphony board. He volunteers with Big Brothers Big Sisters, Still I Run. He has run four out of the six major marathons. He's just missing Tokyo in Berlin. He's a run Disney Galloway pacer, a recovering sprinter taking a break from triathlon. Might be into the marathon these days. He works for AARP in Florida doing community outreach. And why we are talking to him today, he is the assistant coach at Lincoln High School for the cross-country team in Tallahassee, Florida. And there's a lot that we cover in this episode, and I'm so excited to bring Chris on as one of our first high school coaches in this series. Uh, you might have also listened to, and if you haven't, I highly recommend going back and listening to my conversation with mental performance coach Priscilla Tallman, Uh, And then also my episode with Brian Rossetti, because in those two episodes, we talk about the importance of high school coaches and the impact they have on a kid's life. And I really think that those are conversations that will set you up for this series. If you enjoy the series, if you know a high school coach or a parent or an athlete that you think might enjoy hearing from these coaches, please send them the conversation so we can get the word out. Now, this series is brought to you by V.02, 2 which is a coaching app for runners of all levels based on the science of legendary physiologist and coach, Dr. Jack Daniels. Dr. Jack Daniels spent his life researching how runners can get faster, and one of his major findings was that running more or faster in your workouts doesn't always mean better results. VDOT workouts promote healthy, responsible, and beneficial sessions while simultaneously preventing overtraining. Uh, If you are a high school coach, this is a great program. Um, And it's not just to save you time. I mean, it will save you time, and that's amazing. I've personally used it for years, and it saves me lots of time. It also will help elevate your coaching. There are tons of high school coaches that use this program and have seen major success using it. So whether you're a high school coach, if you're a coach like me who is coaching everyday runners, you can use V.O2. Um, try the 30-day free trial of V.Coach and start inviting your athletes. Visit V.O2.com to learn more. And if you want to sign on, coaches can use the code Lindsay to get 20% off your annual subscription. The team at v. O2 is made up of athletes and coaches. And if you want to speak to a member on their team and set up a demo, email info at v.02.com or message me and I'll connect you with their product team. All right, friends, please enjoy my conversation with Chris Turner. All right, well, today on All Have Another for this high school coaching series sponsored by v. O2. We have my friend Chris Turner from Lincoln High School on the show. Welcome to the show, Chris.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me on.
0: Returning guest. How does that feel?
1: Better circumstance this time, but it definitely feels definitely feel surreal to be back on this and getting a chat with you. You know, I always enjoy our conversations.
0: So Chris and I met through the Donna Foundation. He is on the board at the Donna Foundation, which if y'all have been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that that's a race that is super special to me that I've been going to and supporting and really part of the family for five years now. So um, maybe let's start our conversation there, Chris. How did you get involved with Donna?
1: We're talking about the Donna Foundation. Yes, the Donna Marathon. Um, When I um, turned 30, I started deciding I was going to do races because my comment to everybody was – 30-year-old me, me needed to have a fighting chance against 20-year-old me. <laughs> and um, so I started doing triathlon. Then I was like, I want to do a marathon. A buddy of mine said, find one that means something. Mm. And so without any breast cancer directly in my family and any like really closely associated, I just found that race and decided to do it, decided to start fundraising. And I'll say like any typical millennial, I just allowed it to define my other the rest of my personalities. And <laughs> that's just what it became. It just became something that was very important to me, that race and the people there.
0: I love it. Yeah, the Donna Foundation, the Donna Race, if anybody's ever been there, they know like how special and cool the weekend is. So here's Chris and, and mine's plug to get your butt to Jacksonville in February, right?
1: Oh, can I plug? Use code Chris five. Yes, go for it. Use code Chris five on registration. will give you a five percent discount or Lindsay five, whichever. <laughs> but yeah, we'd love to. See, we'd love to see you have there. It's a nice little party on the beach.
0: Yeah, it's so awesome. Um, but today we're talking about high school and coaching. Um, I've done a co- coaching series with like collegiate and professional coaches, and the more I talk to athletes, I'm like. This all starts with their coaches when they're kids. You know, I just interviewed Courtney DeWalter and who doesn't have a coach and, you know, she's like the goat of ultra running and she's like, but I didn't do this myself. Like I learned all these things that I use today. I learned that from really good coaches in high school. And so, so much of how we're formed and, and the way we run into our twenties, thirties, forties, fifties is because of the values and, Um, The things that those high school coaches instilled in us. So let's just start with like, how did you even get into high school coaching?
1: Thank you. Um, Well, I'm going to say one thing real quick. Uh, A podcast you did a while ago, it was one of the um, professional runners. I remember they were down here in Tallahassee during their training. And I think she was saying that her high school coach, it may have been her, she was playing soccer and really good at that. And then going back to track and just showing up. And her coach told her, "Is like, if you want to be here, I need you here. It's not like a pick or choose, but I want you to be 100% here and communicate with me. And it was that type of mentality and thought that I try to bring into this. It's like, show up. Mm. We'll we'll work with you. We'll balance. Um, How did I get into coaching? Um, For this, it was a few years ago in our local track club page. The guy who I currently is our head coach, uh, Chris Sumner, who's been coaching for over 20 years um, around, around Tallahassee in the county. Um... He posted anybody interested in helping out and I was like, you know what? Let me give back to the community. Um, that's really what it is, is volunteering and giving back to the community, and having a way to have some input with people. So I just started showing up, started running, started giving some of the whole insight of hey, here's this, here's this and giving them additional ear and eyes out there because when you've got 40 young men and women out there running, it's hard to see everything and hard to know what's going on with this athlete, this athlete, this athlete, and just being able to do what I can to assist him and assist them.
0: Um, yeah. You know, one of the things I just talked to uh, Brian with O two yesterday to like kind of kick off this series. And one of the things we were talking about was how do you balance like making sure that like those top runners on your team aren't getting all of the attention or most of the attention and that you are treating every single kid on the team as at equal importance as far as like the energy and time you give them
1: it's difficult, but I say the and the way he coaches is something I love. And the fact that it's not about making sure it's just the top ten runners are there. He is one of those, if you want to show up and can barely run a mile, we'll get you through there. The goal is just showing up and getting that spot. But a lot of it and honestly it's not even showing making sure the attention's onto the top athletes or even the athletes that aren't as fast, the only issues you really run into is when you have some athletes that don't necessarily want to be there and Mm. aren't paying attention are being a little more problematic. That's when you lose the attention issues. Our top runners, we can say, go this way, go do that. And the way that our workouts are designed with them, we can fine tune, do something additional, but it's really, there, there is some type of balance. I've seen some programs and some coaches and say, how do you do that? It's like, you just have to have that desire. Some have the desire to make sure it's every kid out there running. Some have the desire to say, "Hey, I just want the the fast kids that can get me to this this spot."
0: Well, what do you do with the kids that don't want to be there? How do you how do you convince them they that they do want to be there?
1: You work. You do what you can. Um, you try to convince them. Um, there's a lot of stuff I'll, I'll say offline. Uh, <laughs> uh there's there's always some problems but you just you do what you can you try to make sure that everybody knows that they're valued out there um and by some of those kids i say don't want to be there they're out there but they're not out there seriously out there mm. they're out there to hang around they're out there to do whatever and those type of things run into some of the issues but for the most part it's just having them be have that desire to show up that desire to do work
0: um so what do you love most about it
1: i've got two um Recent cards in my, in my my room right now from uh, this last group of seniors, a kid wished me Happy Father's Day a couple uh, last month. What I love about it, it's not the personal stuff. It's when you see somebody have that breakthrough. Hmm. When you see the young athlete who was running a 32-minute 5K and he found what's going on, next thing you know, he's running a 24-minute 5K, or you see that athlete who was barely able to finish their first race finish. They're a race. Um, when you see that they enjoy it, and then also when you see that they realize they can have fun. Mm. Um, my whole thing is I've tried to tell the parents, because you've seen me, I bring the kids over to Donna, another Donna plug. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I was gonna talk about that too. Yeah.
1: Um well so but it's the whole thing of like realizing that running is more than just racing a five K fast. It's what you can do and what you can accomplish and how you can grow yourself.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned that you take the team to Donna and um, some of them run the the half marathon. Some of them, I'm assuming, run the 5K too. And or? No, just, no, just
1: um Just because it's travel time for parents. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah. But yeah, they they would if they could.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I'm thinking though, half marathon. I remember in high school, like a couple of girls had done the indie half and I, like the mini marathon. And I was like, that's so far. How do you like, because you guys probably aren't training Miles that are like half marathon training miles, how does that work?
1: So, um, and it, and it goes through a lot of them are almost on a not say like a couch to half marathon type program. Mm. While we have some that are, you know, they're doing really high mileage during the season, they're getting up 10, 12 miles because they decided to do their own workouts or things, yeah. Like that. But for them, for the most part, I think our athletes will do between eight to 10 miles max during the okay. year, okay. Um, once or twice because you know, we start racing, it's Almost every other weekend, it's hard to do that in recovery. But really, when the season ends in November and Donna is just November to December, January, 12 yeah. weeks,
0: later,
1: it's very, very easy to get them on a hey, let's get two 10 mile runs in. Yeah. And you're able to do that. And once you get that mindset of, oh man, I did a 10 mile run, I'm like, yeah, the crowd will carry you the rest of the, t- the way. So
0: yeah, absolutely- for sure. Like,
1: that first group, they're a little bit worried. And now this last group, they're like, man, this is fun. I know I can do this. I can just, I, I can keep a balance, run three days a week and I can go run a half marathon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really cool. Um, I think if most people could realize that, like it's, I was just thinking this yesterday because I, my back had been bothering me. I didn't run for two days and I was like, I'm going to try it out today. And like, just lift a little bit with my kids. Cause I need to move my body for my mental health. And I just ran one mile and I lifted for like 15 minutes and I was like, see, this is the thing. If people could just get in their heads that like that's all you need to do to get moving like it doesn't have to be this big huge project um i think more people would start
1: yeah no i one of the reasons i love and here's another plug sorry for the galloway method and no go for it run jeff um i run three to four days a week two of those runs are 30 to 45 minutes um, they're timed runs. So not necessarily about like, you know, mileage. And then my weekend run is my time distance, all that run. And the rest days are cross training or rest. And it's been so good for my mental health aspect of it. Cause I'm not doing that home. Like, Oh my God, I have to do this. I have to do this. And the mindset of, you know, you missed a workout, get that, get the next one in. And I think that's one of the things I like to teach them as we get past the season. And the, the joy that the Donna stuff is they can run two, three days, three, four days a week and still be able to go do these things and still embrace that and enjoy that. And not that I, if I'm not running every day, I'm not going to be able to do something.
0: Yeah. And that consistency, you know, it's like, it just, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And I think people think that's what it has to be. And that's why they don't even start in the first place. Yeah. We love the, we love the Galloways here on I'll have another podcast. Jeff Galloway is like, is he the nicest human you've ever met? Barb is. Oh, Barb. Yes. Barb, too. We got to <laughs> yeah. give Barb some love.
1: They are. They are. And I, I, you saw last year at Donna, I had a 30 minute conversation with him strictly on Steve Prefontaine. Yes. And I'm like, Jeff, I need, to, I'm going to like trap him again this year and get it done.
0: <laughs> Seriously, just like their desire to just like better the sport and get as, cause that's the thing with the Galloway method. For those listening who might not know, it's a run walk method and that makes running so much more accessible to so many people. Cause people think I have to go run for like at least 10 minutes straight. No, you can run for 30 seconds and do a one minute walk and how, you know, whatever, however you want to do it. And that's really the best way to get started.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I can't do the Galloway method for like, hard running or like, I tried to do it. Did you know this? I tried to do the Galloway method at Donna one year. Um, it was, I was like six months postpartum. So I was pretty fresh, but I was like, I'm going to do, and I, the time I wanted to run, it just felt like I was like sprinting the <laughs> ons and then walking. And I was like, I just need a little more just constant, you know, fluidity there.
1: The fastest I've been able to run so far with the run walk method is a one forty eight half. Okay. Um, I'm aiming for one. I'm hopefully aiming for a sub one forty five at Disney in January with them. Um, I know Chris Twiggs and the rest of some of those guys can run like, you know, three hour.
0: (laughs) I don't know how they do that, though, because I just like it. My systems like the switching. I can do it if I was running probably like a one forty eight. But like, yeah, any faster. It's like my systems are just like I can't handle this.
1: Yeah, it's different. I know sometimes it was like even to the point. Of like, you know, run run to the mile marker, stop for 15 seconds, get a sip of water, run to the next mile marker. It, it, it works for everybody. It works for some people, it works for different people. And the intervals have to be adjusted sometimes. Yeah. It's, um, it's really good for people that are trying to get there. And like for me, I've got arthritis in both knees from surgeries and everything. So it's like has helped me continue to run. So
0: Yeah, no, it's it's good stuff. And I, I don't know why I haven't had Jeff on the podcast. I need to make that happen.
1: Yeah, I think we can make that happen. I
0: think we can. Um, okay. So one of the things I wanted to talk about is mental health. I know you, this is a big thing for you and probably one of the big reasons that you enjoy working with these kids and not to be all over the place. I know you're also involved with still I run. So let's start with,
1: I should put my still I run hat on.
0: I know we have, we're pimping all the stuff, like all of the nonprofits here. But, um, let's start with your mental health journey a little bit and how running and that kind of go hand in hand.
1: Oh, no problem. And it's something I'm really happy and easy to talk about. I suffer from a bipolar disorder. I deal with severe anxiety, ADHD, um, and, uh, baseline suicidal ideation, which is some, it's like not necessarily explain to people. I'm not like highly at risk. It's just one of those. I can just be sitting on the couch, relaxing every good night. And then a thought will pop through my head. And it's just the the way my psychiatrists and therapists have described it, like it just happens. And you're just pop thought pops in your head and you go on with your day. But it's one of those weird things. Um so for my mental health wise, it's like not necessarily running is my therapy, but it's part of it. Exercise is cause you you're how your body feels. And I've noticed too, even if I go for like you said, a one mile walk or if I just go and do something because before I was in that mindset of, if I'm not out there for over 30 minutes running, I'm not wasting my time. There's mm-hmm. no point in me. It's like it takes me longer to find my clothes, make sure the batteries, the garments charge, get my shoes on, blah, blah, blah. Now it's like, okay, I've got 30 minutes, so i got to do something. That means I can get a 15-minute run, take a five-minute shower, and get out of here. And I'll just go do a loop around the neighborhood and just get myself going. And I think that's one of the biggest things I've realized of how vital and important that is. And how easy it is just to keep going and just to do something like that and just take those few steps versus having to make sure I get out for 10, 12 miles or whatever. Um, Started running with Still I Run because of your podcast. Um,
0: Hey, Sasha. Hey, Sasha.
1: Yeah. Started running for them because your podcast. Got to run the New York Marathon um, with them. And had a blast doing that, and it was just a. It's um. I mean, that was another thing. I think we were trying to meet up that day, and we all yes. had a million things going on. Um, but no, it's it's great, and it's something I also relay with the kids a lot mm-hmm. uh, because if you've like parents, if you're listening, if you're watching, y'all got some young kids. Talk to them, listen to them, because they're going through stuff we never went through. Yep. Like, I remember dealing with bullies and stuff in high school, but the moment I left school, they were done. Now you can schedule bullying. Mm. You can just do all that through social media attack across the community, and it's just so horrible how they're doing that. But the kids are under so much stress. Like to get into a college, it's four point seven GPA, five AP classes, thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred SAT scores, and that's to get into a flagship state school. It's um, crazy. Right, and I'm I'm like it's it's really difficult, and they're under so much stress and so much pressure to do well and to still balance their lives. So it's like I've got a lot of the kids that always talk to me, and it's like, hey, breathe. Mm. Just breathe. And um, one of the things I tell them, and it's like um, my favorite quote you've seen it, Steve Prefontaine, to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. And I remind them, it's like go out there and do what you can. You don't have to do like the most amazing thing. Just do what the best that you have at this moment in time. If it's a run day and I'm like, hey, I need y'all to do six, seven miles. Coach, I only got five in me. That's the best you've got today. If it's a race and they're like, I, I didn't run as fast like I, I wanted to. Did you run as fast as you could? Yeah. then that's what I need you for today. If there are days when it's like, coach, I'm not here today. I can't do this today. Go home, get some rest, relax, run on your own if you want to. And I've said that to so many of the kids. It's like, go do what you need to do to take care of yourself. Cause I'd rather have a kid have a day off and come back refreshed, but also know that there's the safe space here that they can go work and do well when they're feeling great, when they're feeling good. And they're like, I'm going to come give you what I can, not what you're making me give you. And that's, I think that's what our point is.
0: Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I think about that often um, with like mental health days for kids, because there've been a few days where like, my oldest just like needed to not go to school. And, you know, there's been times where I like force it and make it happen. And moments where I've been sitting in the guidance counselor's office with him and he's like in tears, like, and I don't, we still haven't figured out like where that anxiety is, is coming from. But I'm like, I think about myself as an adult and I'm like, why don't why don't kids get that? Like, why don't we just expect the kids to go to school every day, which they should. We all went to school every day, too. But like when there's a thing going on, why aren't we just like, OK, we need to step back and like have a mental health day for this child. Right.
1: It's the um. there's a the comment about all the awards for perfect attendance.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
1: It's like, why? your Your, your kid does not need to be there every day. Do they
0: still do that?
1: I think they've slowly started to get rid of that in some areas. Okay. Because it's like, it's the understanding. And don't make me feel guilty because I'm like, the only time I can schedule a trip out of town with my family is here. Oh, don't right. Be, yeah. It's like, I'm sorry. We're going to a concert. We're doing this. Like, I took Roxy to Taylor and I emailed the teacher. Oh, my gosh. She's I can't be believe it. She's not going to be here for a couple of days because we're going to Taylor. Sorry. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's really important to, in my opinion, again, I've got a 19-year-old and an 8-year-old. And to give them that understanding of like, hey, take care of yourself. Don't be lazy and like, oh, I don't want to go. Right. Like if you're, if the kids are saying, hey, I don't want to do this today. All right, what's going on? Is there something? Because there might be an underlying thing going on. There might be some school interactions. You just might be like, I'm nervous and stressed out about all these things that are going on. So mm. listen, I'm not trying to teach everybody to parent because I know you got the other podcast for that. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, um, there's, a, there's a plug for your other podcast right there. I know.
0: All the plugs today.
1: But no, just I really feel that there's a lot going there.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Hey, friends, don't forget this episode is sponsored by V.O2. And if you're a coach and you want to check it out, go to V.O2.com. Click on the coaching tab and use the code CoachLindsay. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y to get 20% off your annual subscription. Not only is it a time saver, it will also elevate your coaching. Check it out, vo com. All right, friends, back to the show. I'm super interested, too, and maybe you can speak on talking about mental health as a man because I feel like you see a lot of women talking about it, but you don't see a lot of men talking about it Um, and what that has been like for you. I think it's super important for young men to see grown men talk about their emotions.
1: And there's, and I don't know if you've noticed or your viewers notice, I'm a black male. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot more on that on that too, but there's, um, it 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 goes back to how society is and how something's trying to change. It used to be, the whole boys don't cry, men don't cry, you don't show the emotions, you suck it up and you deal with it, you got to be tough, and now it's gone to people talking about it to like the women too. It's like no, don't let them see you cry. Don't do this, but it's like being allowed to show emotion and to be yourself and to talk about what's going on, your issues versus bottling it up. And I think that's one of the biggest things. It's like we're still not past that because people don't want to be seen as weak. Um, Even for me, as open as I am about mental health, I still believe that there are people out there that look at it as a weakness of me talking about it. Um, I believe strongly that there are people who have, somebody asked me a few weeks ago, a few months ago, if me discussing my mental health has cost me jobs has cost me things or opportunities. I said, absolutely. Cause there are people that do not understand what it means to have bipolar disorder or ADHD or anxiety. They, people that don't understand it. I'm lucky I'm in a job right now. Um, I have a boss that if I were to message her and say, I need a mental health day, it counts as a health day. It's, it's a sick day. Your mental health is as important as your physical health. But back to your point of, more men aren't talking about mental health because more men haven't been told to show their emotions, haven't been told and taught to let those things out. As my dad's getting older, he's realizing he's being more talking about it. Mm. And it's great hearing a 74 year old Marine talk about his talk about things. And we all need to, we all need to get better on that and letting our young men know it's okay to have an off day. It's okay to be sad because we're so used to society. Like, you know, Men didn't talk about our emotions. No, we just like, you know, back in the day, threw stuff, yelled at stuff. Oh, he was having a bad day. And it was those type of things and not, you know, showing care and compassion. Sometimes we just need a hug.
0: <laughs> I know. No, there's a really good book if people listening, um and you know, I knew this I knew this series would be more parent focused because like we're talking to high school coaches, like we're talking about kids. Um I actually had a really good episode on why is everyone yelling with David Thomas and it's about raising emotionally strong boys. And so we'll link that in the show notes because I think it's a really good resource. Um, the other thing paired with the, um, being a black man talking about mental health is you're also volunteering a lot and that's men in general though. I, women volunteer more than men. That is just like a fact of life. And I'm curious like is this does this come from your parents like because i'm like how do we get more men to volunteer
1: it's it's something that we see every time like i've worked for nonprofit organizations and almost essentially the employees at nonprofit organizations are predominantly female um you'll have certain levels but predominantly there's female led nonprofits um you go to board meetings like i i go to my symphony board meeting predominantly female um the donna foundation predominantly female boards um you know, girls on the run, I think I'm the only male on the board. Um, I have maybe one other. But it goes back to the whole what we can have a whole conversation on like, you know, equal pay and all that. But it sure. goes back to the fact that, you know, as primary caregivers, caretakers, as all the other stuff, it's like men have men have more of a responsibility to be in these areas and not to go and do the PTA, PTO, not to be the soccer dad or some of those other things like baseball dad or whatever, but you didn't have those big pushes. And now you're seeing more of the, hey, let's get involved in a community. I'm like, I'm a member of our leadership Tallahassee here. And so many of the men in my class, so many of everybody in the class is involved in a non nonprofit somewhere because they're seeing the importance of community involvement of being out there and the impact and the voice that they can have as well.
0: Yeah. Because as you're saying that, I'm thinking, okay, yes, traditionally men have been like the primary like breadwinner or whatever you want to call it. And that's certainly not the case in all families. Um, and it's changing, right? But there's lots of women who are working equal hours as men and doing, but like still you see them more involved and it's like,
1: it's one of those, and I'm happy you brought that up there too, because um, it's very interesting. But I think it still goes to the whole, you know, <sighs> patriarchal part of society of why are like when you when you see men not necessarily spending a lot of the time with their children, or like you know, like you see me and Roxy all the time on our dates and everything like that. Oh my gosh, so, she's I, so cute. I, I talk to guys, and I'm like. What do you mean you don't do? They're like, no, no, that's, I'm like, no, no, this is, you're, you're the parent. You're involved. Yeah. I was at brunch the other day, young man, young black man sitting next to me with his baby in a little car seat. He had his mimosa. He was talking to the baby. We, we walked by like, Hey man, he's like, yeah, we brunch on the weekends. Her mom's getting her hair done. I'm He's like his mom's getting her hair done. It's like, I'm sitting down here with him. And it was like, you don't, you don't see that that often it is a male parent at a brunch restaurant with their baby just chilling out relaxing. You don't see that that often.
0: What's the shirt you have? You have some some shirt.
1: Defend Black Fatherhood.
0: Yes. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Oh god. Um so I think it's group called the Dad Gang and it's just about showing, you know, black parents cuz societally over the time the image of a black fathers have been distant, have been um not there, you hear campaigns, all other stuff, trying to get political, but people always talk about the absence of black fathers and families. And um, it's really about the fact that, yeah, no, black fathers are present. We're very, very active. My dad was extremely active. Like he was a post supervisor, my mom was in the Navy. So she was on a ship, she was over in places. So it's like my dad switched his work schedule so he can make sure he's at school for me. Um, he switched his schedule. He worked nights so he could coach my baseball team. It was all those things like sitting on the table doing homework, still having the flashbacks of having to rewrite my homework because the <laughs> handwriting wasn't neat enough. <laughs> um, my handwriting still horrible. But no, it's like those are the images that I know of black fathers and black people being present in the community, not that one distance one. So it's one of those. That it's like It's like defend black fatherhood. And then another says, I am dad goals, which mm. I love. I, I love wearing that at Disney because honestly, as I'm walking around with that little cute one with her mouse ears, her lounge fly and her churro, and people have come up to me and they're like, I love your shirt. Oh Random people like, I love your shirt. I love that message.
0: So good. It's, it's always like a generational thing too, though, because as you talk about your own dad, I'm like, how much of who you are is because of who, who your dad was to you.
1: Yeah. He, he's a, he's, my dad's still 74 years old. Um, he's a great father. He interacted like my little brother. He did all, he, he did what he could do to make sure that we were getting what we need to do. And my mom, his mom, my mom, my little brother's mom, very supportive. Um, so yeah, I, I try to see it in that sense of what would he do in the situation?
0: Yeah. And love
1: that. be directly involved. Like try to beat all this, all the, he chaperoned all the trips because My mom worked a lot and Chanel works a lot now too. So she can't chaperone the trip. So I'm like, you know what? If I can take the time off, I'm going to be there.
0: You know, I love that. And when you bring that up, it reminds me of our family a little bit because um, I do work more part-time and have a flexible schedule because I work for myself Um, and my husband works like the more typical eight to five job. He is the breadwinner. Insurance is through him. All those things. However... I have not, and this isn't like, I'm not like bragging that I've never done this. I just haven't, hasn't, haven't made time for it. I have not chaperoned one field trip this year. And I think Glenn went on like four. (laughs) And, you know, he's the one with the traditional job. So balance. Right. Like you can, you know, most people can make that happen, whether they're female or male. It's just a matter of, and I, and I didn't make it happen and I work less, so.
1: And I think that's that's a healthy balance of going past the standard definition of gender roles in a relationship. Yeah. And I think that's like, again, you talk about the impact having on these kids is that giving them opportunity to see a lot more than what they're normally seeing. Um, some of these kids have real supportive families. Some of these kids don't have real supportive families. Some of these kids have, you know, a, both parents there, one parent there, difficult relationships, and just seeing another voice to be able to listen to them, hear them. And show them because I've always been a believer that life is a, like, essentially everything you do in life, you're learning about leadership skills and people skills. Mm. And I've told them all the time, like, you're going to see a lot of stuff from me that you're going to be like, I'm never going to do that. But you're going to see some stuff from me that you're like, you know what, I'm going to do that. I, I, I like that. I like that way of doing things. And you'll figure out your own style as you go forward.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. So let's circle back to the the kids like you kind of just did. And I'd love to talk a little bit more about just like when someone joins your team, like what is the team culture like and how are you a part of creating that?
1: Um, you remember the book Lord of the Flies? Yes. Okay. So it's somewhat like that sometimes. <laughs> no, we've got like Chris Sumner, like I said, our head coach. He's been coaching since the late 90s. Um, the guy has instilled a culture of a team that we are there as a team we rise and fall as a team your teammates aren't there because they're skipping and doing something different we need them here but if your teammates that are pushing and working we're supporting them there's no mocking somebody for not running as fast as somebody else there's not anything like this I think one of the my first year coaching, seeing my second year coaching, seeing one of the kids who was one of the slower kids on the team, slower kids on the team, had like a great race. And everybody just popped up and was screaming and cheering for him because they, they saw how much effort he did and how much of a big cheerleader he was for the rest of the team, too, when they were out there. So the culture is definitely one of this is our family. This is our team. Um, and you're welcome here. And we want you to work and when I say this man will – and he'll he'll probably listen to this and be like, man, why is he saying so many nice things about me? <laughs> when I say that this guy will like, you know, stay up late hours of like how we can make it work for certain kids, try to figure out a way to mm. reach certain kids. Like I tell the kids, they're like, oh, my God. They're like, he's grumpy. I'm like, the guy's got the biggest teddy bear heart in the world. Like mm. we'll leave practice and sit down for two hours and talk about, all right – what's going on with this kid? What's going on with this kid? How can we make this? How can we get this person in the right direction? What do we need to be able to provide for everybody out there? And when you've got 40 of them out there and you're looking at each individual one and he's messing with some parents, I'm messing with parents and trying to bring it all together, it's going to be difficult. And I say that as in the sense of, this is also my last season coaching.
0: Is it? Tell me more.
1: I'm volunteering. Volunteering takes a lot out of you. Yeah. And, um, there's, there's a lot of different parts of it. The kids are great. The kids are amazing. I love them. Most of the parents are great. Um, but just it's a, it's a lot and refocusing on where I can put my resources at at all the times. Um, Bear is getting older. Um, I'm trying to pick up with my training and trying to refocus on different areas where I can have a, a small or large impact. But knowing that when you do things, and that's why a lot of boards have like, you know, you cycle off. Yeah. You do for X amount of years. You take a break. You do for X amount of years. Um, That's one of the biggest things is making sure that I don't get to the point where it's like, okay, burnout. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest reasons for it. So it's like just trying to help him out as much as possible and get him in a spot because this this is a lot. And I tell him all the time, like, I don't know how you do this. I commend you for doing this because it's – we start summer practice in May and we go in seasons till November. Wow. And if you coach track, you're – doing this all year long.
0: Well, I think too, this brings up a good point of having a solid assistant coach because of how much work running this team is. Yeah. And I don't know that every program has that. No luxury.
1: This is a a lot of volunteer work. I'm not going to even go into how many hours (laughs) a week during the season. Yeah. It's a lot of volunteer work and it's a lot of like my lunch breaks are me running over, coaching, and going back to the office.
0: hmm Wow. So, but, like, what drew you to it so much?
1: Wanting to give back. Coach Vince Mana, as what drew it. He was my uh, cross country, he was my track coach in high school. Okay. And the man, I reached out to him a couple years ago, he almost dropped his phone. I'm like, I ran the 400 and the 200. Didn't run them as well as I wanted to, but I ran the 400 and 200 because I'm a sprinter. Mm-hmm. I was 144 pounds, okay? I shouldn't have been sprinting. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I called him because I asked him some advice about dealing with some of the kids. And he's like, what have you been up to? I'm like, well, I just ran like my fifth marathon. He's like, Chris, I couldn't get you to run a mile. Um, <laughs> just the type of spirit he had and telling people, I believe in you mm. and pushing people and letting them know their value and their worth. He's a military pastor, um, a recovering addict. He had a lot of stuff going on. That, you know, you know, at 16, we knew about. And it's like, he's like who he was and how his life was going. And it was just great to see, hear somebody truthfully inspire and truthfully believe and pray and like, not say pray, but truthfully believe in you. And that's kind of what my driving point with them was mm-hmm. like, no, he cared about us no matter how much we angered him and frustrated him. He wanted us to do better and he wanted to succeed. And that's how I look at it like this. I'm like, I want these kids to succeed.
0: That's such a good point. Like when I interviewed Brian yesterday with V. 2 like that's what we were talking about is like, why did Jack Daniels, that's the guy that, you know, the, the v, VDOT is like created after his methods. Like why did so many of his athletes then go on to coach <laughs> because of the impact he made on their lives? And so then to hear you say that exact thing, thing about your high school coach it's just like this ripple effect and I think that um, you know I remember running cross country in high school and sometimes I'd get frustrated with my coach and my mom would be like she is not doing this for the money she is doing this because she loves running and she loves the team and I think so often maybe parents even forget that but I hope that coaches don't forget how important they are because some days probably feel very thankless.
1: And there are some very, very thankless days and there are situations that happened. And I think I may have told you about some of them that have gone on with some of the kids that, um, that is like, why, what the, why, why are we doing this? What's mm-hmm. like? But then there are kids that they finish a race and they're crying and they're like, thank you so much for everything. Um, my first year, our top girl, um, she missed qualifying for States by like the, she was the person right afterwards. Um, she, she missed qualifying because she got cut off at the finish line. Mm. And luckily she knew what to do. She threw her hands up to show that they were impeding her. And we, that girl ended up getting disqualified. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like I see that. I yell to the head coach. He goes over there. I go to her and she looks at me. And she's crying to her mom. She looks at me. She hugs me. She's like, coach, I'm so sorry. I'm mm. so sorry. And it's like, I'm over here thinking, I'm like, you just ran your butt off in the middle of a horse field with horse flies everywhere and you're apologizing to me. I'm like, I'm proud of you. And I think one of the big driving points of all of them is like when they're like, coach, I'm sorry I didn't do this. I'm like, I'll tell you when I'm disappointed in you. I'll tell you when you didn't give me everything. You did a great job. Mm. Like, could you run faster? I don't know. Then that's all I care about. You did yeah. everything you could. And that's the mentality and the push to try to give.
0: Um, all right. Well, we have to wrap up here. Um, so from all, I'm not on your team or a parent on your team, but thank you for all that you do. And to Coach Sumner, uh, let's let's wrap up. We we haven't done into end of podcast with you in a while. Um, do you have a book suggestion for the listeners?
1: I Take My Coffee Black by Tyler Merritt.
0: Oh, oh, Tyler Merritt. Yes. He's dating Jen Hatmaker. Did not know that. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. That's a new, new one out, huh?
1: Um, it came out like a little last year. Um, we're talking about the t- same Tyler Merritt, Black Guy with Dreads. Yes. Yeah. Um, his- <laughs> You're
0: surprised he's dating Jen Hatmaker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, not really, actually. If you read okay. the book, you know. um, The, um... The no, uh, book last year, it came with a whole lot of stuff. A whole lot of it resonated with me. And he and I had messaged back and forth on Instagram about oh, cool. it. We should have messaged me like, hey, I'm just mentioning a podcast. <laughs> uh, no, it's a, a lot of stuff that resonates as, like, as a young black kid that grew up in the suburbs and different types of environments with different people and different likes. It's like. We both both like different types of music. Come on, like I'm a guy that switches from Tupac to Big, to Biggie to Taylor Swift to <laughs> Metallica. So I'm like, there's the type of thing. So it was really, um, yeah, great, great book to read.
0: I'm trying to think what we were listening to when you gave me a ride in Jacksonville. I can't remember was it something.
1: Taylor? No,
0: no, it was old school. I can't remember. Oh, Outcast. oh Outcast. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. I was
1: it really playing Outcast? <laughs>
0: yes, good stuff. <laughs> Um, come to Jacksonville and hang out with Chris and I next year. All right. What's your last message today?
1: The same message I give my kids before they do any race to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. I love you. Shut up and run.
0: I love it. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Chris, for coming on the show, for sharing your story, for volunteering, for being a coach and a role model for these kids. We appreciate all that you are doing. And I'm so excited to share your story here. Uh, you all can find Chris on social media. He is A-R-I-E-S-N-O-L-E on Instagram. You can find me. I'm Lindsay LindsayHind626 on Instagram and on Threads. You can also find me on Twitter at Lindsey Hine and learn more about this show and all the shows in our network at sandyboyproductions.com. Don't forget, if you are a coach and you want to check out VDOT, go to v.o2.com and use the code COACHLINDSAY for 20% off your annual subscription. You can also email info at v.02.com to connect with their team and set up a demo if you want to check it out first. Thanks for being here. We will see you Friday with a regular episode of All Have Another, and then next Tuesday again with another coaching episode. Have a great rest of your day.